0: And good morning to everyone in Southeast Louisiana. It is play-by-play coming to you live on this Tuesday. I actually know the day of the week today, which is always a plus. Casey Disclare here with Coach Brian Kiley. We've got a fun show coming your way today. We've got two coaches' guests lined up for the 90 minutes that will be on the air. We've got, in the next segment, Coach Gage Griffin. We, we promised Gage we'd have him on Friday, and then our phones were broken. And then I told Gage, well, no worry, bro, we'll have you on Monday. And then I just completely forgot to book him yesterday, so we'll have him on today. Uh, his team opened their season yesterday against Denham Springs, a uh, tough one for them. Uh, they'll try to put the pieces back together and get a victory today over at the Thibodeau Tournament, and I could tell you who they're playing. You're just forgetting
1: stuff already. It's old age, Ain't buddy. you
0: forgetting stuff, no doubt. Central's playing Port Allen today at the Thibodeau Tournament, 5 o'clock opening tip. Uh, so we'll ask Gage about the way they open the season, some things they're going to try to do today against Port Allen. Uh, Then the segment after that, 12 o'clock, we've got Cornell Scott of the Ellender Patriots, who will be joining us. Um, uh, They take on Denham Springs today at 6.30 over at the Thibodeau Tournament, fresh off of a double overtime victory over Thibodeau. More about that in just a second. They get a double overtime victory, their first win of the year over Thibodeau. By the way, the last game tonight over at the Thibodeau Tournament, we told you the first two, which is Port Allen and Central Lafourche at 5, Denham Springs and Ellender at 6.30. The mighty and powerful Southside Sharks will be taking on the host Thibodeau Tigers at 8 o'clock. So an uphill um, trek for Thibodeau taking on a powerful Southside team. But that's the three games out there today, uh, in case you were wondering. But with that having been said, I got a little rant that I'm going to do in the first segment of the show. But first, we get to our um, boys' basketball scoreboard from the state of Louisiana yesterday. The local scores of interest. Denham Springs gets a 50-33 to 33 win over Central Lafourche. Central Lafourche had a double-digit lead in the second quarter. Um, the House of Cards collapsed in the second half. Denham Springs gets a 50-33 to 33 win. I was not there. You was, uh, or you were, rather. Tell us about that. What happened there? Denham Springs gets the win over Central Lafourche.
1: Yeah, look, Central came out, played some good ball. Denham Springs started off a little slow, but Central was doing some very good things uh, early on. The Trojans play hard. Uh, they... Uh, They play hard. Defensive side, they they do some things, uh, try and make you uncomfortable on offense. And uh, uh, the end of the second quarter, uh, Denham Springs made a little run, cut into the lead a little bit, and I think they had a little momentum going into halftime. And when they came out of halftime, uh, Denham Springs just uh, took control of the game, picked up their pace a little bit, had some easy baskets. Uh, They scored, and uh, Central in that second half just had a hard time scoring. I think they might have scored five, six points in that third quarter, uh, a little trouble scoring, and uh, it it got away from them at the end. But impressed with uh, Denham Springs, didn't panic. They they stayed true to what they believe in, and they just kept chipping away, chipping away. And when uh, it finally broke, uh, you know, Central just, uh, they they couldn't, couldn't stop that run. And um, I, I think it's going to be a good game, uh, some good games tonight. But uh, Trojans had it in the first half and just kind of uh, fell apart in that second half.
0: Wags, Gage, some things that they're going to look to clean up today. Now, uh, a little bit of a surprise here. Uh, Dutchtown, biggest school enrollment in the state of Louisiana. Now they are still in the football playoffs. Donaldsonville beats them yesterday at the White Castle tournament. Donaldsonville gets a fifty-seven to fifty-three win. Donaldsonville is in our local three A district, so yeah, maybe Donaldsonville was cooking with some grease there. They get an early season win over Dutchtown, fifty-seven to fifty-three. Bourgeois is out of the Nacogdoches Central tournament, um, and Pineville actually gets a fifty-nine to forty-seven win over H L Bourgeois. So H L Bourgeois tastes their own blood for the first time this season. And uh, we see Pineville get the win. Terrebonne was scheduled to play West Jefferson at the Jesuit tournament. I see no score reported there on the LHSA website. Um, game of the night. Locally last night, Ellender gets a 53-52 double overtime win over Thibodeau. You saw about a half of that one. Ellender was leading at the half. It looks like Thibodeau obviously made it close in the 04's double overtime those are two teams that are pretty young. Uh, two teams that are trying to to piece things together. But it's the young, the youthful Patriots that get a big win last night on Thibodeau's home floor. Kudos to Cornell Scott. You could hear from him at twelve o'clock today.
1: Yeah, Casey, that game there. The Patriots they made some transition baskets, but a lot of them were contested, and they made in that first half and made some uh, some good shots in the lane. Thibodeau is quick and strong. If they can play their full court game and make some shots on offense. They're going to be okay this year. And uh, Ellen, look, everybody, Ellen's going to be down. They're still athletic, and yep. they, they get after you.
0: Yep, they played HL Bourgeois really close for a half. It just kind of fell apart in the second half. Now, again, you, you can't read a whole lot into some of these scores, right, because some of the teams don't have their football guys, but Lutcher in our local 4A district. Lost to Capital 80 to 35 yesterday. So Lutcher gets hammered by Capital. I know Lutcher had a lot of seniors that were starting last year. Maybe, you know, I, we'll wait and see what it looks like whenever they get their football kids back, but they get walloped last night. Berwick falls to Acadiana Renaissance Charter 59 to 25. We told you about Donaldsonville getting a win over Dutchtown. Um, let's see what else we got. Uh, 2A, nothing of interest locally, 1A, nothing of interest locally. So that wraps up our boys' scoreboard. We go to our girls' scoreboard from last night. And we could tell you that Destrahan got a 47-29 to win over South Lafourche over at the end of the car tournament. Just kind of, and I was mentioning this to Brian before we got on the air, you kind of get the feeling that, while the Lady Tarpons obviously are disappointed to lose by 18 Destrehan might just be really good because they also played yesterday against De La Salle, who's usually a strong program, and beat them by 33, 68-35. to Destrahan gets a win over De La Salle. Phoenix, a Class C school, but they're not the average Class C school. They're good in both boys' and girls' basketball. They get a win over East St. John yesterday, 54-50, to 50, so a big early season win for Phoenix. That's also at the end of the car tournament. Again, also at the Edna Carr tournament, you have Hanville get a forty-six to twelve win over McDonough thirty-five, but then lose fifty-three to forty-five to an out-of-state opponent. Uh, so Hanville splits a pair of games yesterday out there at Edna Carr. Um, Thibodeau opens up their season and gets a decisive sixty-five to eighteen win over Westminster Christian. Kudos to Coach Ashley Barba and her team for opening up the year strong. Assumption is at the New Iberia Tournament with Thibodeau. They fall a Highland Baptist yesterday, 36-28, so Assumption opens up their season with a tough one there. Uh, we told you about South LaFouge. Vanderbilt Catholic gets at the St. Thomas More Tournament gets a 55-47 win over South Beauregard. Um, Westgate. Uh, gets a forty-one to thirty-two win over Central Catholic of Morgan City yesterday. That's out at the New Iberia tournament. Donaldsonville plays East Ascension and gets walloped fifty-seven to sixteen. East Ascension gets the win over Donaldsonville. St. James defeats Episcopal over at the Dunham tournament fifty-two to fifty. So a good win for St. James. And then we go to Single A and there's nothing there, but as we already told you about Central Catholic and Westgate. So that's our local scoreboard from yesterday and uh, we've got a bunch of games around the state today as these teams continue their tournaments. Always a fun time of the year, uh, and we're going to have another loaded scoreboard tomorrow to see how these local teams fare.
1: Yeah, good games. Look, tournaments, uh, I'm anxious to to ask uh, these coaches that we have on a few questions after their games played last night. uh, Their philosophy on tournaments this early in the season and stuff, but you see a lot of – typically in the past – teams would go to tournaments Thanksgiving now some teams are kind of getting away from that because you have more control over your schedule you play who you want if you just play some regular season games as compared to going to tournaments and let the other whole school tell you who you playing. so
0: I, I didn't mention this score um when we were doing the scoreboard because it hasn't been reported to the LHSAA yet but Southside played, what was it, Port Allen yesterday? And thanks to my buddy Brian Colley, uh, we could tell you that Southside got an 85-34 to win over Port Allen over at the Thibodeau Thanksgiving Classic. Um, Coach Russ got a got a squad, bro, if you're winning a game by 50. <laughs> um, they're rolling. Southside looks like uh, they're playing some good ball to start the year. They've got their football guys fresh back. Uh, they lost a close one. Um Look out. Looks like they're playing at a high level.
1: Port Allen, if I'm not mistaken, they may be back-to-back state champions. And their football team lost Friday, so they're just getting them back. So I'm not sure if their football players were with them last night or not. But Southside, keep an eye on this team. They are strong, physical, quick. They're going to pick you up full court the entire game. And they're going to just wear you down. And, <laughs> oh, they can penetrate, kick out. They got some guys who can shoot it. It's uh, They are a solid basketball team, and that team's going to get better and better as this season goes on.
0: Port Allen is 100% a two-time reigning defending state champion. So when you open up and beat a team like that by 51 points uh, – you're making a statement no. to the rest of the state of they Louisiana. They did lose
1: their head coach from from last year or previous years, but still. You know what?
0: Uh, it's actually back to back to back. Uh, so I'm I'm going three. Let's see if it was four. Um, let's see. Nope. But but the fourth year they lost in the finals. So, God dog it. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, you're looking at a team that's been to the championship game at least four years in a row. Can we make it 5-2018? Let's go check.
1: And look, their head coach has uh, replaced uh, Coach Cadero at LSUA. Good luck.
0: Yeah, that's big shoes to fill. And, and by the way, in 2018, they did not make it to the championship game. So four straight years, making it to the top 28, winning the last three, and the the, the first trip that they made, they lost in the finals. Let's catch a break when we get back. I'm going to get you my my LHSA rant a little later in the show, but we've got two call-in guests. We've got Gage Griffin with Central Lafouche, who will be joining us. His team Lafourche. opened up their basketball season last night and will be continuing their basketball season today. Gage and the crew will be taking on – The aforementioned Port Allen team, it's play-by-play. We'll be right back after this quick commercial break.
3: Set yourself up for success when planning your next event. Whether it be a festival, Mardi Gras rodeo, or outdoor music venue, Joe's Septic Contractors knows that it's important to cover your bases well before the days of your event. Joe's Septic Contractors can supply 1810, three- and two-stall restrooms, air-conditioned trailers, anytime, anywhere. Call 24-7. Planning an event? Visit Septic at viscom.net with locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Fouchon, Abbeville, Reserve, Odessa, Texas, and Pascagoula, Mississippi. (laughs)
4: you <laughs> Absolute Fitness wants to welcome our community to come back and check us out. You'll discover an amazing environment and a friendly and welcoming staff at Absolute Fitness. We have a 12,000 square foot facility with all new top of the line equipment, new saunas, an amazing smoothie bar, personal trainers, and much, much more. Absolute Fitness offers many types of very competitive memberships, along with a dual membership with our proud partner, CrossFit Brackish. Absolute Fitness at 17092 West Main Street, well,
0: welcome back to play by play here we go to the phone lines for the first time today and we have a local high school boys basketball coach coach gage griffin on the line his central lafouche trojans opened their season yesterday and had a tough one against denham springs gage good morning buddy how are we doing today
5: Good morning. I'm doing fine. How
0: we going? Good, man. Good. You guys opened up your season uh, yesterday at the Thibodeau Thanksgiving Classic, and uh, you was telling me about the game, man. Had a good start, but the middle didn't go so well. They kind of made a run at you and got up on you. Uh, tell us about the way your kids played, man.
5: Uh, yeah, so at the beginning of the game, we came out hot. We've been trying to get the team to start fast. Sometimes we go down early, and we pick it up too late. This time we started fast. I think we went up about twenty one to nine we have twelve and about two minutes to go. They hit that middle of the game. they started coming out in traps, something we haven't seen yet this year, and when they came out of that, we got a little flustered, and we never really bounced back. I think from that point in the game, we scored twelve points in the last eighteen minutes oh. so the first the first fourteen minutes we looked fine. We looked really, really well. then after that. We just need to pull together a whole game. If we can bring the hot start with the way we usually finish games, then it'd be fine.
0: So, so tell us about that, man. You, you score 33 points. Um, obviously, you guys have much more explosiveness and much more firepower than that. How do you get that more consistent effort from your offense?
5: Yeah, we, we work in ways to get the offense to contribute a lot more in many ways. Like We need more movement without the ball. We have sometimes we get stagnant. When somebody's dribbling, looking to attack, we have some guys that are sitting in the corner, some are staying back, waiting for the pass. The more movement we get, we need to work inside and outside. A lot of times we get too shot happy, or we just can't, haven't been finishing at the basket. When we go and clean up the little things, it's going to come around much better.
1: Yeah, Coach. And
5: last night, I think we had Evan Griffin had 14. Last night, I think we didn't have anybody over four points after that. We need to get guys contributing a little bit more there.
1: Coach, how do you get that movement in your offense? Because you're right, when y'all were having the movement, uh, you had some pick and rolls and made some good passes on the inside yeah, and y'all yeah. finished on the inside. How do you get your kids to, uh, to start moving the basketball a little more?
5: Yeah, and that's what last night as well, when they sped us up, we're a good half-court offensive team. As soon as they sped us up, we couldn't get into what we wanted to. But if we slow down a little bit, get into some of our quick hitters, like we got a four high where they come up and do that screen and roll, when we get into that, the offense flows very well. But the movement, we got a lot of people that are supposed to go screen away, move to the ball, curl to the basket. We just got a little too stagnant. But the more we slow the game down and play into what we want, it'll be better. We just played right into their hands.
0: Facing Port Allen today, have a chance to bounce back. Port Allen got it put on him pretty good yesterday by a really good Southside team, but Brian and I were talking about this in the last segment. That is a three-time reigning uh, state champion, so you're facing a team that's not used to losing two in a row. What are some challenges that you guys are going to face today?
5: Um, so look, They're a very good team as well. I know they played Southside last night. That's probably not the show they wanted to put on, but I know they're better than that from what I watched. Um, challenges tonight, I know they have a few kids that are going to be very talented handling the rock. We need. We really need to rebound better. The biggest thing all last season and this season, rebounding, off. we allow about 10 to 15 offensive rebounds a game. If we're able to get the ball and get it out and get into our offense, it'd be much better. Um, hanging on to the basketball has been an issue this year. We haven't gotten them 50-50 balls. And I tell them guys, it's just who wants it more right there. And I think tonight we're going to be hungry, ready, because we don't want to lose two in a row either. It's early in our year. We're supposed to be the mature team. we got nine seniors this year. Those so the nine seniors, they, hopefully they come together tonight and show that we're not the same Central LaFouche team from the past three.
1: Coach, what's your philosophy on tournament play? I know uh, there's, uh, it's, it's kind of mixed with coaches. Some coaches, Uh, there's no school this week, so they go in, they practice in the morning, and they play in the evening. What is your philosophy on tournament play?
5: So we went and practiced on Sunday before the game, and we go we have about an hour, little walk-through, shoot-around session before. But tournament play, it gets hard playing the three games back-to-back. But to keep kids healthy, we're trying to throw some extra bodies in there each game. That way they can make it through the whole grueling week. Um, and especially this week, we've gotten the tough draw, but I love that getting the tough draw this early. You get to see where we stack up. How are we going to be? What we need to improve on? Because after last night, we see some things that we got to do a lot better. And we're going to watch the film today, actually, uh, pregame. I got them coming in at about three o'clock. We're going to watch the film from last night, see what the work on, and hopefully it works into tonight.
0: Coach, one of the things we used to say a lot last season in regard to South Lafouche was, yeah, hey, B.J. Daniels would go and score 25, 30 points, sometimes even 35 or 40 points, but the Tarpons were at their best when B.J. was getting 20 to 25, and other guys were getting 10 or 15, and then this other guy would get 8 to 10, and Last night, it sounded like you guys were in a little bit of that rut. Evan got, you know, what, 15 points or whatever, but no one else got more than four. How do you get those other kids to play with a little more confidence and not necessarily just watch Evan go try to score?
5: Yes, and that's right. And they need to keep, like I told you earlier, we got to move without the basketball. A lot of them, I remember one play specifically last night, Evan had it at the top of the key. He's dribbling. It kind of looks like he's about to attack the goal, but he had nowhere to go. And he just kicks it out to the guy standing but a lot of times when Evan catches it on the inside, we need got guys to cut and hit some shots. Like when they cut to the basket, make those layups. But offensively, it doesn't always have to work through Evan. If we could go get some quick hitters for those other guys, like Blaise Jisclair, uh, Connor as Jace Woolrich, Jaden Battles was one of the best pick-and-roll men we've had at Central LaFouche in a while. And last night he had... Four points, his four points came. He set a screen, rolled to the basket, made it a little slower. But if we can get some quick hitters out of our offense, slowing it up, then it's going to flow better, going to give these guys confidence. But I know they can do it. They just have to be ready for anything, handle any kind of pressure in the game.
1: How is uh, Evan doing this morning? I know he took a a hard fall on his back, and he comes back in and uh, gets a thumb injury. How is uh, he doing this morning?
5: He, he's a little banged up this morning, but he's gonna be all right. He's gonna be ready to go tonight. Um, he told me he said, Gage, I'm playing. <laughs> he said, I'm good to go. He said, the last year big tournament, I'm you're not holding me out. There you and go. Oh, he and he's he's walking better today. The thumb, the swelling went down. So it's not broken. So he said if it's not broken, he's good.
0: <laughs> there you go. Sounds like a winner, bro. Thanks so much for the time and uh, good luck today and good luck the rest of the week, buddy.
5: Thank you all very much.
0: Have a good day. Yep, that is Coach Evan Griffin with the – not Evan, uh, Gage Griffin. (laughs) The brother's Evan Griffin. That's Coach uh, Gage Griffin with Central LaFouche. They look alike, my bad. Uh, Trojans had a tough one. They're going to bounce back today. I think they're going to play really well today.
1: And he's talking about uh, Battle Kid, I think it was. He said said, uh, the pick and roll. He said – Tremendous screens. That's why he gets them rolls all the time. Wide body, wide base, setting them screens. He does a good job inside. And the thing with Central Lafouche, they play hard. They're going to come after you. And uh, as the season goes on, when they're going to start gelling, they're going to be a good ball club. Uh, much like last year, they improved. They they went some close games last year. And I'm sure Coach Griffin's counting on these nine seniors. Oh,
0: that's a ton, man. When he said that, I was like, oh my god. And
1: at one time, he called a ha- a timeout. And he he got on them pretty hard and said, uh, you're not freshman anymore. You're a senior. So, you know, you need to respond as a senior. And as the season goes on, they just, they're they going to be better and better. It's, they're going to be a good uh, basketball team.
0: Yeah, for sure, man. So we'll be keeping an, our eyes on that. And, and hopefully we could uh, have some teams locally in our area get some wins today. As you know, Bourgeois is playing out at Natchitoches, Central Lafouche, the Thibodeau, all the Thibodeau tournament. Hopefully we've got some teams that get some wins. It's crazy, man. Like I already got the dog on basketball power rating numbers pulled up. You can't read nothing into it this early, uh, but it, it's funny to see that you know they already are updating the numbers over on GoPreps and people are getting some of their scores. When, at what point do you feel like it's a fairly accurate depiction? Ten games in, twelve games in. Like at what point do you? I know when when someone's one and zero or two and one, it doesn't matter, but. 10 games, 12 games?
1: But you look at it after your tournament season when you in January, when you start getting into district play, then you take a look at it. And, and you got a good sample size there where you can pretty much, okay, figure out this is for real now better than one or two games. So, yeah, right now it's uh, you can look at it and say, oh, wow, yeah, we're number fair. one or we're number two. And, no, that doesn't mean a darn thing. After you play all these tournament games – and when you get it, getting ready to district, look at it, then, then, uh, some people don't look at it at all. Some, I think the ones who say they don't look at it are really telling the truth yeah, or lying. <laughs> uh, but, uh, my goodness, you know, I could, I can't make that statement. I looked at it oh, all the time. Did we ever. And, uh, yeah, but I would wait till January when you look at it. Well, look at it now if you want, but. Really, it has more of an impact in in January.
0: Yeah, the number one team in the state right now is Mandeville with a one and 0 record. I mean,
1: <laughs> not gonna stay that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah look they, they're playing out of Thibodeau today trying to bounce back against Port Allen I loved his answer though you know hey I, I kind of threw it out there hey Port Allen's won three straight rings like they ain't gonna want to lose twice in a row I love that he fired back like yeah well we don't want to lose twice in a row either that's a big game for both teams today I'm gonna be curious to see it uh at 5 30 who's gonna bring that
1: one yeah up. I, I was kind of thinking maybe not going to it but uh I don't know man I think that's gonna be a a, a good game Port Allen's Athletic, they, and he's right. They got some guys who can handle the basketball, and uh, but I, I just I love the way Central plays. I think they're going to be in a lot of games. And uh, Coach Griffin said they weren't ready for. They threw something at them. They weren't really prepared for. Uh, once they get that down and handle the pressure, they'll be fine.
0: Tonight I will be on the campus of Nichols State University at Stouffer Gymnasium, calling Nichols and Blue Mountain College on ESPN Plus. So if you do go out to uh, Thibodeau, keep me updated, give me some scores. But Wednesday, tomorrow, I will be there all three games at Thibodeau. I'm going to go make the ride. We'll be uh, filming and taking pictures and all that good stuff. I also have aspirations tomorrow to go catch the EDY girls taking on Ellen. Ellender out in Thibodeau. So we plan on having four games tomorrow, which would uh, be busy time, but a fun time. You're in the basketball Jimmy. Oh, time you back. do something. That's exactly right. Let's <laughs> catch a break when we get back. We're going to go to uh, a very happy Coach Cornell Scott. His Ellender Patriots got a one-point overtime victory over Thibodeau. They had lost their first two games to start the year. Both of them really weren't all that close, but they gutted one out last night. I'm sure Cornell's going to be happy and proud of his young team. We'll talk with him in the next segment. It's play-by-play. But before we catch a commercial break, Brian, let's go ahead and thank our sponsors. The Blue Boot Foundation, Golden Motors, where price is priority located on Highway 32, 35, and cutoff. Dufresne Building Materials. Experience the Dufresne difference with eight locations in Cutoff, Thibodeau, Belche, Sluling Slidell, Araby, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. Let's catch a break when we get back. Ellen Ball, Coach Coach Cornell Scott will join us on KLEB. Hi,
6: I'm Chad Boudreaux, owner president of Joe Septic Contractors. One of the real joys of
5: the holiday season is the opportunity to say thank you and to wish everyone a happy holiday and new year filled with wealth, happiness, and prosperity from the staff of Joe Septic
1: and the entire Boudreaux family.
3: Tiger fans, are you looking for the latest news on all things LSU? Then Tiger Rag Magazine is your go to source. Whether you pick up the magazine or browse over to the website, Tiger Rag Magazine provides you with the most up to date information on all the sports, university, and recruiting news that matters to you. Find it at your local newsstand or online at TigerRag.com. Here we go. Let's face it, we all know that the recruiting scene at LSU can get a little wild. Don't fret. Now more than ever, Tiger Rag Magazine is staying ahead of the game when it comes to name image likeness regulations thanks to our tiger Rag magazine experts and analysts we can help you understand what it means to lsu and how you can stand formed on this rapidly changing landscape plus our website makes it easy for fans to get their hands on all the information they need about lsu athletics get your subscriptions today so if you're looking for in-depth coverage of everything lsu look no further than tiger rag magazine available on newsstands or online tigerrag.com
0: Hi, I'm Nichols Head Football Coach Tim Rebo. Winning a football game starts with a great game plan, and so does fighting pests. Terminex will protect your home and business from termites, roaches, mice, and even mosquitoes. Call the local team at Terminex of Homa. They will drop a winning game plan to tackle your pests. Terminex is a proud supporter of Nichols Athletics.
2: Go, Go Terminals. Terminals.
6: Great news, home of businesses. We're here. We are Rev, a telecommunications provider with powerful solutions and unmatched local support. We've been bringing Louisiana people, businesses, and culture together for 85 years. Our fiber network delivers superior internet, phone, and security. It's big business technology with small business personal service. For a limited time, get up to $300 off business services. Visit us at let'srev.biz to get up to $300 off.
0: Welcome back to Play by Play. We go to the phone lines for the second time today, and we have Ellender Memorial Boys basketball coach, Coach Cornell Scott on the line. Coach, good afternoon, buddy. How are we doing today?
8: Hey, good. How y'all doing?
0: Good, bro. Your team got a hard-fought, very competitive win last night in double overtime against Thibodeau on their home floor at their home tournament. Got a young team, man. You've told us that throughout the offseason. I'm sure you guys learned a lot about those young kids yesterday, gutting one out on the road in overtime.
8: I was super proud of them, man. They played hard. Uh, they, they followed the game plan. And, you know, like with having young guys, you know, you know, you go through those growing pains. But uh, they learned how to fight through last night, though.
0: Look, man, I I, I told Andrew Kiyawet this after you guys played bourgeois. The second half didn't go the way that you guys wanted. But I actually thought in the first half of that game you guys played really well. So you guys are showing some flashes. It's just going to be a matter this year for you, Coach. I think you're going to just have to figure out how to play a consistent 32 minutes and not have some lulls there mixed in.
5: And that's the key.
8: That's the key. We uh, we we saw the game plan early. Then they came out. Uh, our first two games actually in the second half and, and kind of forgot what we were uh, living on and, uh, and, and got away from it. But uh, I think last night they did a better job. Uh, we still lost it in the fourth quarter, but they were able to fight back and get back into it.
0: Tell us the makeup of your roster in terms of like grade wise. Do you have a bunch of seniors, or is there are they all yo- old or younger guys? Do you have any seniors? Tell us, give us a rundown of that.
8: Uh, my roster is made up of primarily uh, sophomores and uh, freshmen, uh, mostly freshmen. I think I have one or two jun- two juniors that's probably going to play a little bit, and after that, I'm playing like eight freshmen. Wow. So, yes. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm playing eight freshmen and uh, they're doing pretty good. You know, they're learning, and uh, the speed. Uh, Jordan Williams kind of showed me a lot last night. He kind of grew up a little bit. we seeing him uh, kind of understanding the game and taking it a little slower, you know, and, uh, and if that game slows down for him, he's going to be uh, a problem to
0: handle. So, so talk to us about that. I mean, you got eight freshmen, as you said, at the varsity level. So that's fourteen and fifteen-year-old kids facing seventeen, eighteen, maybe even nineteen-year-old kids. How do you get them to understand that? Like, hey, yeah, we we want to go out there, we want to compete, we want to win every game that we play. But how do you get them to understand that you also are building something and laying that foundation for the future as well?
8: Uh, we stress it every day. You know, we stress it every day, and uh, I kind of preach them and talk to them about it, but. They just have no idea, like when we go play teams and they're like you know they don't know the names of the team you know, and they don't know who we go and play, and uh you know we kind of just let them go and figure it out and uh but we stress it every day that you know trust the process, you know it's a process, not many freshmen play that much uh around the state, and I say you know they are unique, but uh it's still just gonna be a learning process, we're under construction right now. <laughs>
1: Coach, talk about the play. Your guards in that first half, uh, strong. Normally, L in the basketball get on transition, shoot layups. Y'all were shooting some tough shots on the inside, and just showing their strength of how strong they are, making some of these tough shots on the inside. Talk about those guards.
8: Man, they you know, and we kind of. I know them being so young and, uh, and and not as strong. We we spent the summer kind of really working out, and I've been trying to prepare them for what they're going to have to do because when you have young guys, most older kids, they try to go at them and try to bully them. And uh, I think that they're going to be prepared. You know, they got shocked the first couple of games, but I'm seeing them start to slow down a little bit and let the game come to them and take the shots that we kind of work on every day.
0: Coach, um, Brian and I were actually wondering about this, and and, and we didn't know the answer, so I'm going to ask you. With the new bonus rules where the, the fouls reset at the end of every quarter, how does overtime work? Do they reset back to zero? Does it stay what it was in the fourth quarter? Is it still five fouls? For, like, what does overtime look like in terms of the bonus situation? Because I've not seen an overtime game under the new rules.
8: Yeah, you know what? This was my first time also. My speculation is that it should just stay as the fourth quarter because it's just a continuation of it. Uh, and then it's a shortened time, so... Uh... You know, that's something that we're going to have to get with the officials just to verify because I really don't know that answer either.
0: Okay, well, then there you go, man. Uh, you're taking on Denham Springs today out at the Thibodeau Tournament. Denham Springs got a win over Central Lafouche yesterday. Played really well in the second half, rallying from double digits behind to get a 17-point win. Uh, what are yeah. some things you guys got to do well to try to get to 2-0 and over at the Thibodeau Tournament?
8: Uh, we just got to be ourselves. We just got to stay, uh, maintain the course, and you know get my young guys just to uh continue uh battling and learning a game right now uh once they get caught up with this high school game man it's gonna, it's gonna be a different story
0: for sure man look before we let you go um so many young guys um but boy isn't that almost like a, a blessing in disguise sometimes because i know i hear coaches say all the time they don't know any better like they don't have any <laughs> bad habits because this is their first year playing varsity ball <laughs> I
8: know. It is. And and to be honest, you know, they really don't know. It. And it's like, you know, we, we teach in situations. And, uh, you know, one situation I had a freshman. He shot a three. We up uh, maybe six with a couple of minutes. So we're trying to control the game. And he's shooting three. And I'm about to – I, I got to tell my coach, hey, he's a freshman. And we just pull him aside and kind of let him know what we're trying to do. Oh, coach, I was open. Well <laughs> so they don't know.
0: <laughs> yeah, no doubt, brother. Well look, man, we thank you so much for the time. Happy Thanksgiving and hope to see you in the next couple of days, bro. Good luck.
8: Yes, sir. Family yes, off.
0: Yes, sir. That is Coach Cornell Scott. Boy, um, I heard him at Media Day say, you know, hey, we're young. <laughs> Didn't realize it was like that. Uh playing eight yeah. <laughs> freshman and going on the road and beating a local team in Thibodeau. Um Cornell has been using the quote and the phrase that Deion Sanders put out there: that you better beat me now because you're not beat me tomorrow." I could see why he's saying that because it looks like it's a foundation laying season, and then look out after that.
1: Yeah, and look, uh, I I was impressed with the they didn't. If you're looking at them not knowing, I would not have thought that he had that many freshmen playing. They they uh, they play well above their age. And um, this team also is going to get better and better as the season goes on. And uh, on the other hand, I'm sure Coach uh, Clark from Thibodeau is not uh, not very happy. I know they missed a ton of shots in that first half. It, it could have made, been a different story, maybe an outcome of the game. But give credit to Eleanor. They did what they had to do, playing Thibodeau at Thibodeau in their tournament. It's, uh, it's tough.
0: I just asked our resident official, or the official um, – Referee of play by play, Mr. Ashton Dillon at wow, the well, Fouls reset. Uh so he's pondering over that right now. We'll see if they if they reset. Denham Springs is three and O coming in. That's Eleanor's opponent today. Denham Springs has wins over Jewel Sumner, LaRanger, and then of course Central LaFouche yesterday. Uh so it's an opportunity for the Patriots to get a good win, or it's an opportunity for Denham Springs to stay undefeated. Um let's go see. Port Allen, how many games they have played this season. I know that Central opened up their season. Thibodeau opened up their season. Let's see if Port Allen's first games were last night. On the year, Port Allen, yeah, their first game was yesterday. So we got a lot of teams that are making their season debuts um, out there at Thibodeau. And, man, Tony and them do such a wonderful job. I saw Coach Jacob Allen talking about how nice everything was run and all the situations with the hospitality and everything. So, uh, Tony, if you're listening, bro, keep up the good work, and, and hopefully your guys get a win today. Though it's going to be tough taking on Southside, because, man, you we we mentioned the score, but really didn't talk about Southside a whole lot. You made the comment to me yesterday, like you feel like they might be the best team at that event, and you get a 51-point win. Coach Todd Russ has his guys playing at a high level. And just looking at his schedule, Coach, I know that they they think a lot of their team, and the reason why I know that is because they're playing Madison Prep and North Central and Catholic of Baton Rouge and Saint Thomas More. You don't play that type of opposition unless if you think, "Hey, I'm going to go and win a bunch of games this year."
1: Yeah, and look, Southside they uh, they were impressive yesterday. Just their, uh and they deep. He plays. Man, he he must have played ten, eleven kids. It seemed like at least, if not more. They they are very deep and they, which they keep coming with that pressure, if you take someone else. The next guys in, there's it, not much of a drop off if any. They keep coming at you for 32 minutes. It's uh, it's tough.
0: So um, a <clears throat> little later in the show, we're gonna talk about some Kim Mulkey stuff. She uh continued to speak about Angel Reese yesterday, while not really saying a whole lot. Uh, we'll talk about that. The Pelicans got a really good win. We'll talk about that crazy Monday night football game, which we'll have to touch on with the Eagles getting a big road win against Kansas City. The Chiefs receivers kind of let them down a little bit. But in the next segment of the show, um, oh, actually just got our answer. Extra periods are an extension of the fourth quarter, so the fouls do not reset. So if you enter overtime in the bonus, you stay in the bonus, and so on. So the fouls do not go back to zero, according to one Mr. Ashton Dillon. So
1: Be careful saying names.
0: (laughs) Come on, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying.
0: Ashton is a wonderful official. Oh, there, and, there. and
1: we can say Ashton, yeah, because he's <laughs> he understands.
0: Yes, absolutely. Let's catch a break when we get back out of the break. I got something that I want to talk with you guys about involving the Division One non-select football playoffs. You guys have heard Coach and I talk about this. I dug into the numbers, and it's going to make South Lafourche fans awfully angry, what I'm about to say.
1: Oh, and real quick, before the break, uh, local people, go ahead and if you're listening, I believe it's Saturday. Go ahead and watch the Bayou Classic. Oh, yes. You you may see someone... Yes.
0: Speaking of our resident official, yes.
1: Yes, you may see someone... Uh, officiating that game
0: yes indeed absolutely i didn't yeah that's, a, he, that's he
1: told amazing. me last night he's got it so well that's congratulations that's,
0: that's absolutely amazing and uh couldn't be proud of my man my dude knows that uh nothing but love there let's catch a break when we get back yeah we're gonna make some Salafouche fans angry um not with me with the system it's play by play we'll be right back after this Introducing Six
2: Flags Plus, your pass to a whole year of unlimited visits with access to all Six Flags theme parks and water parks, plus priority entry, plus parking, plus in-park discounts on food and more, plus amazing rides and awesome events you don't want to miss. Get all you love about Six Flags, the new Six Flags Plus, all of Six Flags all year. Experience Six Flags Plus now for just $11.99 a month. See details at SixFlags.com.
6: Start your day off with a fresh-brewed cup of Melojoy, the original Cajun coffee company since 1936. It brings members to Louisiana's rich culture, available in dark, medium roast, decaf, and full line of flavored specialty coffees. Melojoy is available in selected grocery stores in your area. To begin receiving Melojoy at your office, call one eight six Melojoy. Say le café du Melojoy, c'est le plus joie. While inventory is growing. Prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the comfort and towing capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors. 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff, the back road, 325 1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Tiger
3: fan. Are you looking for the latest news on all things LSU? Then Tiger Rag Magazine is your go-to source. Whether you pick up the magazine or browse over to the website, Tiger Rag Magazine provides you with the most up-to-date information on all the sports, university, and recruiting news that matters to you. Find it at your local newsstand or online at tigerrag.com. Here we go. let's face it. We all know that the recruiting scene at LSU can get a little wild. Don't fret. Now more than ever, Tiger Rag Magazine is staying ahead of the game when it comes to name, image, likeness, regulations, thanks to our Tiger Rag Magazine experts and analysts, we can help you understand what it means to LSU and how you can stand formed on this rapidly changing landscape. Plus, our website makes it easy for fans to get their hands on all the information they need about LSU athletics. Get your subscriptions today. So, if you're looking for in-depth coverage of everything LSU, look no further than Tiger Rag Magazine. Available on newsstands or online, tigerrag.com.
4: Fargo Funeral Homes would say that the end of the year brings no greater joy than the opportunity to express season's greetings to you and yours. May your holiday be filled with joy and happiness. Fargo Funeral Home, caring you can count on.
0: All right, I promised you guys a little bit of a mini rant here, um, and now it's up to me to deliver. Um, Brian and I have been talking about the LHSAA classifications, right, where there's four divisions, public and private, uh, or select and non-select. Let me make sure I say that correctly. Um, And Brian and I have been griping about the fact that South LaFouche is is drawing the short straw here because – they are an enrollment school of 995 kids going against schools that oftentimes have 2,000-plus kids and, and so on and so forth. So I did the math last night, um, and I pulled together the enrollment numbers of the eight teams that are left in this playoff bracket, okay? So South LaFouche has an enrollment of 995. They are a high-end, the third-biggest 4A school. The first... 3A school has 602 kids, so that is a 393-student gap between South Lafouche as a big 4A school and the biggest 3A school, 393. LHSA says, hey, a 393-student gap is a big enough gap to change classifications. Remaining in the quarterfinals in Division I non-select are schools with the following enrollments. 2613, which is a 1618 student gap from South LaFouche. 2078, that is a 1083 student gap. 2066, that is a 1071 student gap. 1866, that is an 871 student gap. 1788, That is a 793 student gap. 1,449, that is a 454 student gap, still bigger than the 393 gap that separates South Lafourche from 4A and 3A. And then one school that has a reasonable enrollment is Ruston, who has 1,239, a 244 student gap. So the teams that are left have 1,600 more students than South Lafourche, 1,083 students more than South LaFouche, 1,071 students more than South LaFouche, 871, 793, 559, 454, and 244. A lot of these schools have a larger gap in terms of their enrollment than South LaFouche even has students in 995. So they could take these 2,000 uh, student schools could take 1,000 kids out of their school and still have a bigger enrollment than South Lafouche does, and yet this is the playoff bracket that they want us to be in going forward. People will say, well, you're only saying that because it's your alma mater and, you know, baloney. I would be saying this if this were happening to Ellender. I'd be saying this if this were happening to Central LaFouge. I'd be saying this if this were happening to Terrebonne High or Bayou Region is what I'm loyal to, or Bayou Region, at least one of the schools, is getting gypped here There's a 393 gap separating 4A to 5A, but there's a 1,600 student gap that is not separating anything in Division I non-select. This is absolutely ridiculous. I'm tired of being the only one shouting about this. The people up in Thibodeau should be shouting about this. Uh, South of administration should go to the meeting in January and should be shouting about this because what we're seeing is you are at a severe, not not big, and not, not big, bigger than big, a severe competitive disadvantage if you stay in this bracket. It is not fair to be going against schools that have more than two and two-and-a-half times your enrollment. I know we say it all the time, but I actually broke out the numbers. You can't tell me it's a coincidence that these schools that have 1,800, 2,000, 2,600, they're the ones still playing while the other schools all have already gotten beat. You can't tell me that's not a competitive advantage. That is ridiculous.
1: What's uh, Central and Thibodeau's enrollment? You know?
0: I could tell you right now, Central Lafouche is 1,259. And the gap? the That gap there would be uh, 250, 300 kids roughly. Thibodeau has 1,315. So they're also, by the way, disadvantaged by this too. But South Lafouche, of course, being like the last Division One non select team, kind of uh, has it worse than everybody. Well,
1: The LHSA does not care about every school. Because, and the reason I'm saying that, they're going to come up with a plan. They think what's fair for, I guess, the majority. And from an inside guy, when I, I spoke to him, he said there was about 15 schools that the LHSA is aware of. 15 schools in a state that is going to hurt if the division stuff. Is uh is passes and all this stuff, so I guess they in their eyes they're looking well the majority it helps the majority. Only fifteen schools, uh, will be hurt by this, and like happens to be one of them. Yeah, uh,
0: only fifteen schools. Yeah,
1: that would, and, and that that's the, the the exact wording too. With the guy, with, he said they said only fifteen schools or fifth so. Uh, the entire association? No. If you want to help the entire association, why not make a super class?
0: I just did that math, Brian. There are 25 schools in the state that have 1,700 kids or more. Why don't we just put those 25 schools all together and then break everything else up like that evenly? Like they like to do oh, 40 teams here, 40 teams here. 40. That would fix everything. That would fi- that, uh, You would never hear me gripe or complain about this ever again. If you took every school, and let's say 1,700 students is the breaking point. I just counted. There's 25 of those schools. Put those 25 schools in their own class, then take everything else and break the pie in even pieces. That would fix every gripe and bitch and complaint that I have about this immediately.
1: It seems like a simple solution. Dan, if you got, and what, 25, you say?
0: 25 with okay. an enrollment of 1,700 or more.
1: And you're going to have some that play up. So you possibly could have close to 32 teams and not all got to make it. Put 28, put whatever. You don't, not everyone has to make the playoffs in that super class. If you want everybody to make it, fine, put everybody. But here's
0: the thing, B, is that all these schools with 1,700 kids, they're all good anyway. So it's not like they're going to have any one in nine teams in the bracket. I'll read you the schools. Slidell, Acadiana, Lafayette, Captain Shreve, Zachary, Southside, Brother Martin, Airlines, Sulphur, John Ayer, Jesuit, Mount Carmel, Barb, West Monroe, Mandeville, Walker, Pontitula, East Ascension, Catholic Abatners, Chalmette, St. Joseph's, Bonneville,
1: Santa Mont, Denham Springs, and Dutchtown. Every one of those teams made the playoffs anyway. Then, I mean, they're going to say, oh, the season won't, won't matter because they all make it baloney like hell. The yeah. season matters for your season, uh, your seeding. Yes, uh, you're in the top four, you home throughout. So, I uh, it does matter. I think it's an easy fix. Make a super class, uh, teams that want to play up. Hey, play up.
0: That has been what Chris Dugat has been saying for ages. And... I didn't realize how profound the gap was until I saw some of these actual figures. But, yeah, I mean, that's that's the easiest way to do this. But the problem is that I don't hear anybody even saying this but us. Like, I, I feel like everybody's so gung-ho, the thing they want to change now is, oh, you can't have a 4A team that's Division One playing a 4A. Di-. That's what they seem to be fixated on, and I don't understand why. Why does South Lafourche have to go play a district with Hanville, Destrehan, East St. John, Thibodeau, Terrebonne, HL Bourgeois? When they are a 4A school, just put them in the damn 4A bracket with every single other 4A school. Make them division two, and then
1: you don't have to worry about any of this crap. Everybody would be where they need to be. And if you want to go by district by divisions, then put South in 4A where they belong. Yes. That's where their numbers are. And it's not, oh, you all scared to play. No, you're playing where your numbers are. Yes. Period. If it, it happens to be South gets a big influx of kids that they come in and oh you move back up to five A. Well, that's where you are. Yes. I don't care if you if you're at the bottom of it. If you that's where you at. You play where your numbers are.
0: That to me that's that's a no brainer. But for whatever reason, well I say no brainer. We're talking about an association that I question how much of a brain they actually have sometimes. So no brainers are easy for them. Um, it feels like this is something that could very easily be created and we could have a solution that works for all, and we just ain't discussing it. I don't understand it. Hopefully in January we could get
1: it fixed. Well, when are they going to come out with their division plans? Like these four a, upper 4A schools, will they be Division One or not? When are they going to come out with that?
0: Uh, what was it uh, Coach Jenkins told us yesterday in January, I believe. I don't think we're going to see that until the until the big meeting, the annual convention, based on what he told us yesterday.
1: No, they're going to wait until after the meeting. Hopefully nobody brings it up. Then they're going to say, this is your, your final plan. And the, the meeting has passed. Pete's sake. Not their first rodeo.
0: And look, dude, I was looking at this last night. And, and, and South LaFouche is the school that we talk about the most because – they kind of get gypped a little bit having to go and face schools with sixteen and seventeen hundred more kids than them. But if you go down and you look, the school that Assumption is facing Friday in the Division II non select bracket, that's a three A school. Northwest is a three A school and an enrollment of five fifty three. So Division Two also has the same problem where and look, if it were South Lafucian Division Two Almost a 5A school, a high 4A school playing Northwest, who's a middle-of-the-tier 3A school. Northwest has every big bit of a gripe as as South Lafouche does. The gap isn't as wide in terms of enrollment, but this whole we gotta separate it evenly stuff is what what drives me off the wall, man. It's never gonna be apples-to-apples apples like that.
1: Frustrating. It is
0: frustrating.
1: It, it's, uh... And, yeah, I mean, heck. I'm going to, yeah, South gets hurt by it. It's not, it's, uh, it's not right.
0: It's not right. And we got to get this fixed. We, we've got to figure out a way to get this fixed. I don't trust this whole executive committee. They do whatever they want, when they want, often in the cloak of darkness. Um, we'll see. It's going to be very interesting in January and January is, is fortunately right around the corner. It's November 21st. We're, we're almost there. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting month and a half to see what this all looks like by the time we get out of the holidays.
1: Yeah, when you get back from the break, I think the Monday is the deadline for uh, to appeal or question their, their latest district plan. And Wednesday, I think, is set to be their final, which they hope, their final meeting. So who knows? Maybe by next Wednesday, they may come. This is their final district and plan. These are divisions, but... yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah (laughs) good luck with that oh good luck with that uh let's catch a break i just wanted to let you guys know that look we're talking over here and we're chirping but we have some math to back up how ridiculous this is and those numbers are alarming man i mean there's one two three four five six of the remaining eight teams in that bracket have more than 500 students in South LaFouge does, and most of them have more than 800 students in South LaFouge. I mean, is it, it's an ocean separating they from the other teams in their division, and it's not right. It's not fair. Let's catch a break. When we get back, Kim Mulkey had things to say. Um, LSU beat Texas Southern decisively. I'm going to tell you something that I thought of yesterday. And I don't know if this is what Mulkey's doing intentionally, but – this could potentially be a blessing in disguise and I'll tell you why in the next segment is play by play. We'll be right back after this.
6: While inventory is growing, prices are dropping at Golden Motors. Come to Golden Motors and check out the new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado with all new technology and improved great fuel economy. Whether you're looking to tow your boat or camper, or if it's just you for your daily commute, the confident and Toy capability is there for you. Check out the new 2023 Chevy Silverado at Golden Motors. 15101, Highway 3235, and Cutoff, the back road, 325 1000. Chevy, find new roads. Price is priority. Time, Time is money. Time.
3: Hello friends and family, Taylor Griffin here, back again to talk about Dufresne building materials. Did you know that we have a new updated online order system called Dufresne Easy Buy? Come see us at DofriendLumber.com to check it out and get you started with a free quote. We now have eight convenient locations to serve you, which include Cutoff, Thibodeau, Luling, Bell Chase, Araby, Slidell, Gulfport, and Grand Isle. And no matter how big we grow as a company, we promise to keep that local family business feel and welcome you with a smile. So come give the local guys a try and experience the Friend difference.
0: Your favorite musician, Taylor Swift, <laughs> rocking out here on this Tuesday of play-by-play. Play.
1: I actually knew that.
0: Yeah, song. my man. Uh, very good song. Kim Mulkey had some things to say last night after LSU defeats Texas Southern. Um, let's listen to what old Mulkey had to say one oh second. Oh, boy. You always have to
2: deal with locker room issues. That's just part of coaching. In 40 years,
8: I can never think of a time where I didn't have to deal with issues. That's what coaches do. Sometimes you don't know about them, and sometimes you don't. Sometimes you want to know more than you're entitled to know. I'm going to protect my players, always. They are more important. It's like a family, Scott. Let me ask you this. If you... Do some discipline of your own children. Do you think we're entitled to know that? a
0: family in that locker room. So that's what she had to say yesterday. Is Angel Reese misses another game um, to an apparent suspension at this point. Um, so he, I, I, I have mixed thoughts about this, and then I have kind of like a conspiracy thing that I'll throw out there here at the bottom. Um, on one hand, I respect the coach that um, will protect their players. And if Angel Reese is suspended, then for attitude issues or whatever it may be, like she doesn't have to let the reporters know that. And 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 as a reporter, like I I understand that, you know, that it's fair to ask the question. It's fair for the coach to duck the answer and give a a half ass answer like she's been doing. But with that having been said, the rumor on the street is that Angel Reese is being suspended because of academic issues. Not true. And that, that's my next thing, is that if that is not true, then I think Kim should come out and say, hey, it is an internal issue, but it doesn't have anything to do with the academic side of things. Why, if you have an opportunity to squash that rumor, why aren't you doing it? So I get that we're not entitled to know, hey, you know, she's had a bad attitude, she's not playing hard, or team rules issue, or whatever it might be. I don't know. But if it is not true that it is an academic issue, I think Mulkey should come out and say, hey, you guys are wrong. Don't believe this crap that you're reading on the internet. She is in good academic standing because the longer that she doesn't say anything, the more that's going to snowball and people are going to think that she doesn't have the right grades and she's not doing that. That rumor is going to continue to grow. Why don't you just squash it if it's not accurate?
1: Exactly. She protect her players? By by, not saying anything and not answering that question, she's making her player out to be—I don't want to say a dummy, but that that it's great issue, a, a great issue. Now Angel Reese comes out and put, "Don't believe everything you read." I think she's coming. She's saying, "Don't believe why I'm suspended is because of grades." All Malky has to do is come out and say, plain and simple. She violated a team rule, and we are handling this internally. Yeah. And period.
0: And she did reiterate yesterday that Angel Reese will be back with the team, quote, sooner rather than later. How how sleazy would it be? Because LSU's got Niagara next. That's another blowout. Then Virginia, who's not very good. That's going to probably be another lopsided win. And then on November 30th, they play against Virginia Tech, the number nine team in the country. How sleazy would it be if her suspension ends before they face a top ten
1: opponent in Virginia Tech? Well, 100% it will. (laughs) 100%. (laughs) That's that's a given. She's not – Look, Kim Mulkey, I have zero respect for her with her comment or that press conference blowing her freaking nose at reporters and – just then the comment she made about COVID after
0: No, that was I mean she zero went respect for her. She, she went too far. Zero. So so let me say this, and this is kind of the playing chess but not checkers thing here. And I, I don't think that Moki's doing this intentionally, right? I, I really don't. I think that you know, Angel's having some issues, be it classroom, be it locker room, be it whatever. She's not all the way bought in and they're they're putting her on ice until she is all the way bought in. But here's what I'm noticing. In the opener, the conversation was, whew, LSU's offense is ass. They, they're not sharing the ball. They're not defending. They're, they're so selfish. Everybody's not playing together. Now, we're not talking about any of that stuff anymore because we're focused on somebody who's not there, and quietly, the girls on the team are out there every game getting a little better every game. Game and no one's really paying attention to the fact that they're starting to build some momentum. Last night they scored 106 points, won 106 to 47. Quietly, this could maybe be a blessing in disguise because instead of everybody focused on the lack of chemistry, oh, team NIL, oh, this player's struggling, oh, that player's not playing hard. And we don't talk about any of that anymore because it's all focused on someone who's not there while the kids on the floor just quietly going about their business and making some progress. And that could potentially end up being a blessing in disguise. If Angel Reese comes back and is bought in, you now have a team that is playing better. They're 5-1. and one. They're defending better. They gave up 50 against Southeastern, 47 against Texas Southern. So they're playing better defense. They're building a little bit of chemistry, getting a little bit of a rhythm. And some of the things that we were wondering about early, we're not necessarily wondering about right now anymore because of some of the other distractions. I don't think that she's doing this on purpose. I don't think that this is the reason why Mokey's doing what she's doing. But it could potentially end up being, long run, a big, a bigger thing because the players are learning how to play without Angel, getting more confidence, and it's an LSU team that's quietly, every game, getting a little bit further along.
1: Yeah, if she's doing it on purpose, uh, if she's throwing her player under the bus, let everybody think that she's got great issues, she might have a, 4, a 4.0 grade point average. Who knows? And everybody's gonna think that she's uh less than a two And in the meantime, just throw her under the bus for so people can, can uh forget about what you didn't do in the off season, what you said you were gonna do, control the locker room. Too much money involved.
0: Here's here's the thing, man. Um again, I, I don't fully buy the academic issue side of this. Um But it makes you wonder because sometimes whenever a player is eligible but is suspended, they still sit on the end of the bench in street clothes or whatever, and Angel's not been with the team at all. So it makes you wonder. But I will say this. If there is even an iota of truth in that rumor where she's having some academic issues or grade point average is not great, then shame on her because, look, I went to LSU. I see the extraordinary amount of help that student-athletes get to be able to survive, and if she is having great issues – and you talk about losing respect for Mulkey, I would be the same way. boy, if you can't if you can't do what you got to do with the resources that they give you, you're not even trying. So I hope for Angel Reese's sake that she's not having classroom problems because oh. the classroom is not a very um, treacherous place for a student athlete to be at LSU. Let's just be oh, honest.
1: And look, with all that money she's making, at NIL, you know how much shrimp she could be buying for her professors. <laughs> <laughs> Something that like that. not an issue.
0: Something like that. Um, That's what
1: you did. <laughs>
0: so, <laughs> so LSU takes the floor again in the next couple of days. They got another couple of patsies before they're going to uh, play Virginia Tech, which will be another test against a top-ten team. Last night, well, you know, before we get to last night, I'll spend the next segment talking about last night. Um, the Pittsburgh Steelers today. Coach, in fact, before I dive into Matt Canada getting fired, what do you think is the most important trait that a coach has to have to be successful? I think it's the most important trait.
1: Oh, honesty?
0: Honesty I think is a good one. Um, what else? What are some other things? I- I'm going to tell you my thoughts in a second in regards to this Matt Canada thing.
1: you talking like coaching law, like a
0: Yeah, what, what do you think is the most important skill a coach has to have to be you successful? you got to have knowledge. Knowledge, okay. That, that that's That's close to where I'm going here. The Steelers fired Matt Canada today. Um, Their offense is not very good. They're 6-4, and but they still moved on. I think that the news that we saw today is the reason why the Steelers are the Steelers, which is a gold standard franchise, whether they have talent or not, they're solid. They're 6-4, and nobody knows how. That's what separates them from the New Orleans Saints. Because to me, the most important skill that a coach has to have is self-awareness. If you're not good at something, instead of making excuses for why you're not good at it, you got to be self-aware and you've got to be willing to make uncomfortable decisions to fix it. It would have been very easy for Mike Tomlin to say, we're 6-4, we don't and have to change anything, we've got a winning record. But instead, they rolled the dice and are doing what Dennis Allen does not have the stones to do, and they're making moves in the middle of the year in an effort to try to be self-aware and understand, hey, our offense right now is not good enough. We scored 10 points against the Browns. Our young quarterback, Kenny Pickett, is not developing like we thought. That, to me, that move today showed me why the Steelers are the Steelers and why the Saints are the Saints because statistically, the Saints' offense is far worse than the Steelers' offense is with far more talent. But yet Mike Tomlin, who is one of the best coaches in the NFL, recognized the problem and eliminated it. And here we are approaching another week of NFL action with Dennis Allen and Pete Carmichael still stinking up the joint. I was very impressed with the Steelers, and when I saw that news, the first thing I thought is, that's what a gold-standard franchise does. And the Saints there are not in a gold-standard franchise.
1: Yeah, hey, be honest with yourself. And Saints or not, you look in the mirror, <laughs> Steelers, did it, they did it right.
0: I, here's what I don't understand. Um, and there are a lot of people who are like this. How do guys like Matt Canada continue to move upward in their career? He was the coordinator at LSU and got fired after one year because he was awful. And then he takes a sabbatical. He goes live, I believe, in the Bahamas for a year and studies. Then, before you know it, he's in the NFL. Like, this is the only profession where we see dudes who consistently fail over and over and over again get similar or even, in many cases, better jobs than what they had before. Your guy at Alabama O'Brien's the same way. He's going to get another head coaching job. He was terrible. someone's going to roll the dice on him and give him another coaching. Like, it's unbelievable. Matt Canada shouldn't be an offensive coordinator in the NFL to begin with. He was at LSU, had athletes all over the field. He wants to run a jet sweep every play. How does that happen? Like, I think that this is a move that was made too late, many years too late. He's been with the Steelers a long time. How do you not succeed ever? But continue to get jobs. This dude has been the offensive coordinator of the Steelers since 2021. After he left LSU, he went to Maryland and flaked out. And then went to the NFL. Like, I don't understand it. I yeah, don't
1: get it. They're giving away Andrew Reese's uh, shrimp. I don't
0: get it, man. Hopefully the Steelers could get this thing turned around. And, and hopefully... you know who's
1: going to be the next one? Guy's Florida. Napier? Yeah, Napier. Napier is going to be the next one, you think? Well, how how he can last uh, survive that long? Because at UL, they weren't very happy. I mean, well, they were happy. They were winning. But uh, a lot of breaks went their way.
0: I don't. I just don't understand it. Um, But, I mean, it's neither here nor there. The Steelers do make the move. Hopefully, their offense gets better. Um, Alabama plays the Iron Bowl this weekend against Auburn. On the road against Auburn. Alabama's a 14-point favorite. Um, They've already clinched a spot in the SEC Championship game. Auburn's already bowl eligible. I was watching Feinbaum yesterday. Shame on me. I know that's not the most appealing program to some, but I was watching Feinbaum yesterday, and he was mentioning that he's more worried for Alabama about this Auburn game coming off of the loss against New Mexico State as opposed to if Auburn would have beat New Mexico State 50 to nothing. He says, hell, Auburn's got nothing to lose now. Just go, you know, playing with house money. Does this game concern you at all on Saturday? Alabama's playing really well coming in. Auburn's coming off of the lowest point of their season. You're at Auburn. Crazy things sometimes happen in that matchup. Does this, that game concern you a little bit? It
1: has to. The Iron Bowl. You never know what can happen. These uh, games like that, always oh, throw the records out. And the pressure, I mean, can Alabama, uh, young quarterback, can he handle the pressure of this game? No one. Look, they lose this game, they're done. They're done.
0: Yeah, whether you beat George in the championship game or not, they're you're done. So,
1: yes, I mean, it's, it's cause for concern. Can he handle it? Uh, we'll see. Auburn has nothing to lose. Go out and play. Uh, the better team, of course, is Alabama, but... You never know, and yes, I, I would uh, have some concern that if Alabama does not go in and play well. It, it, yes, it can, it can go wrong for them.
0: The Pelicans got their best win for my dollar of the season last night. They just beat up on Sacramento, one twenty nine to ninety three. Uh, Brandon Ingram played well, thirty one points. Zion Williamson was a force, twenty six points, twelve of sixteen shooting. Um, Zion said after the game, uh, man, we had a low moment against Dallas, had a players only meeting. And since that players only meeting, they have been better. They've won three or four. The only game they lost was the game that Zion took a nap and didn't play against the Timberwolves. They faced the Kings again on the 22nd, which is tomorrow. Uh, so another chance to get a win. They showed how good they could be when they're playing. Well, the problem is that for every two games that they play well, there's three games that they play poorly. Um, I don't like teams that have to have players-only meetings in the first couple weeks of the year. We'll see how long that lasts, uh, but you got a very interesting stretch coming up. The Kings will be a tough game, even though you just blew them out. Then you're at the Clippers, who are playing much better. Got a blowout win last night. You're at Utah. You're at Utah. Then you're facing a red-hot 76er team. The rest of November is going to be tough. You're 7-7 seven and seven now. If you could finish November strong, finish November healthy, can maybe carry some momentum into the winter, but it's going to be easier said than done because you have some tough games coming up.
1: Yeah, they got to be consistent. And it, the uh, consistency, how it's tough to develop when you got your, your, your star player, supposedly star, a star player, that wants to sit out every other game. Uh, these guys got to play together in jail as a unit. And that's tough to do when you got either they hurt or just don't want to play.
0: My clips got a win last night 124 to 99. Um, only turned over the ball seven times as a team. Russell Westbrook and James Harden combined for 16 assists and no turnovers. They're coming. They are uh it took them a week and a half, two weeks. They're uh they're starting to play at a really, really high level. Uh so we'll see how high of a level they could take it out west.
1: Westbrook will bring that level back down.
0: Well, the good thing is that he's off the bench now, so he's not you know he's not being guarded by starters so that kind of maybe will help them out a little bit but they are playing san antonio again tomorrow as well uh let's catch our final break of the show when we get back we'll talk about monday night football it was a crazy monday night football game actually didn't end very well for my cowboys i'll explain as the eagles get a 21 to 17 win we'll be right back after this
2: is knee pain keeping you from living your best life Get back into the swing of things with a robotic assisted knee replacement from Thibodeau Regional Health System. Robotic assisted knee replacement means greater precision and a joint replacement that's customized to your anatomy. And this could mean less pain and a quicker recovery. Most importantly, it can mean improving your quality of life. Learn more at Thibodeau.com.
7: 3T Oil Change is an efficient, quick-loop service that offers oil changes for gas and diesel engines. Brake tags, tire sales and services, engine and cabin air filters, bulb replacement and wiper blades with the convenience of a drive through No appointment necessary. 3T Oil Change on Main Street and cutoff. Call 798-7401. Proud supporter of South LaFouche Sports. 3T Oil Change says, Go Tarpons!
3: GIS, with corporate headquarters located right here in Galeano, Louisiana, offers clients a single point of contact to utilize over 19 strategically located facilities, 2,600-plus employees, and 20 service lines serving upstream, midstream, and downstream markets. GIS aligns their services with operations from the conceptual stage through construction, commissioning, and asset maintenance with their complete turnkey service portfolio. Learn more and join their growing team today at www.gisy.com.
7: Join Talk on the Bay from 10 to 11.30 a.m. Monday through Friday on the Raging Cajun. We cover local news topics, politics, and entertainment each weekday. And it's all brought to you in part by Lady of the Sea General Hospital, Rev, and Thibodeau Regional Health System. Talk on the Bay Monday through Friday from 10 to 11.30 a.m. Right here on the Raging Cajun KLEB 1600 a.m. and 102.7 f.m greetings from
4: A.J. LeBlanc and the staff at LeBlanc Insurance Agency. You keep us glowing and bright all year round, and we look forward caring for your needs in the coming year. Happy holidays and have a great new year. God bless all of you, A.J. LeBlanc.
0: I was so excited yesterday. I'm sitting down and I'm watching the Clippers and the Spurs and they, they get a blowout win and I'm so fired up. And then I flip back to Monday Night Football and see that the Chiefs, who were once leading 17-7, to are now losing 21-17, to struggling as the Eagles that go on the road and get a win over the Chiefs. The Eagles are now 9-1 and now they're in good position to get home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Um, there's a few things here. I still, and God, I'm going to sound like such a hater, because they're 9-1, and, and they just beat Kansas City on the road. There's still something not right about the Eagles' offense. Hurts last night, 14 of 22, 150 yards, no touchdowns and an interception. As a team, they only generated 238 yards of offense yesterday. That's not very good. But Kansas City has a bigger problem. And I'm not about to make a joke about Travis Kelsey playing poorly when Taylor Swift wasn't there. I could. I'm not going to do that. More serious business. The Chiefs don't have wide receivers. They had so many drops last night, including critical touchdown, perhaps game-winning drops last night. Patrick Mahomes was 24, 43, 177 yards, two touchdowns, and an interception. Could have easily had three or four touchdowns. That team, for as good as their quarterback is, for as good as their coaching staff is, for as good as their defense now is, their defense has been incredible this year. I don't know that they have enough weapons to take it all again. biz boy, outside of Kelsey, there ain't a whole lot there. They they have a bunch of nobodies, a bunch of has-beens, a bunch of never-wases. That offense, if you could shut the tight end down, becomes very predictable, and I'm curious to see if the Chiefs could bounce back and start winning some of these games against the elites because last night they didn't have a whole lot of explosiveness, and it's now really three weeks in a row that their offense struggles. They scored nine against Denver, 21 against Miami, and 17 last night. It's not the high-powered Chiefs that it has been in years past.
1: No, and give credit to the Eagles. They they went on the road, did what they had to do, and not ideal playing conditions, and they, they gutted out that win. They caught some breaks. That long pass that they had, the Chiefs had. Uh, look, it would have, have, have been a heck of a catch, but you're in the NFL. you got to make those catches. Oh, yeah, You're getting paid a lot of money. you got to make those type catches. Uh, Eagles caught some breaks, but, not, again, they gutted it out on the road. And uh, they, they have to like where they're sitting right now. And I think uh, your Cowboys are going to, uh, for the division, could be in a, a little trouble.
0: Well, the hope is that the Bills beat the Eagles Sunday. The Bills played pretty well. They're traveling to Philly to take on the Eagles, and and hopefully the Bills will be able to knock them off, and then Dallas could beat the Eagles. But anyway, yeah, Cowboys are going to get in, but to win the division is going to be tough. Thanksgiving, we've got the Commanders taking on Dallas. We've got Green Bay taking on Detroit. We've got San Francisco taking on Seattle. Over at the Colley household, which of the three games is number one on the list on Thursday?
1: Go again. Not uh, the Cowboys. And, Cowboys and Commanders. No. that's
0: Packers and Lions. 49ers and Seahawks.
1: I, Lions because cause of the Lions. Yeah, I, I like, like to I watch like, them. Yes, Campbell. like to watch them with Campbell. Uh, then the last game would be hopefully uh, Pete Carroll goes down.
0: The last game is going to be the most entertaining game. That's two playoff teams, seven and three 49ers, six and four Seahawks. Um I'm a little worried about Dallas on on Thursday. They're 10 and a half point favorite. Come they have on. They have played so well at home. NFL team, and a, a wise coach once told me, and that wise coach being Sean Payton last year sitting on the Fox desk, that a team that gets embarrassed usually comes out the next week and plays really well. The Commanders got embarrassed on Sunday. They lost 31 to 19 against the Giants. Ron Rivera's on the hot seat. They're talking about, you know, whether or not he's going I just got a feeling Dallas is going to catch hell on Thursday. I don't know why. They've been great at home, 4-0. They've blown out everybody they played at home. I just got a feeling the Cowboys are going to catch hell on
1: Thursday. Right. They may not play their best possible, but they they can't they're not going to lose that game.
0: We lost to Arizona, dude. Like we're capable of losing that game. No. Um a rare and I didn't realize this until this morning when I was doing show prep, there's a rare Friday game this week. Um Friday at 2 o'clock, Black Friday, the Jets are taking on the Dolphins. So we don't just get Thanksgiving.
1: What is that about? Yeah,
0: we don't just get Thanksgiving football this year. We get a Friday afternoon game between the Jets and the Dolphins and then leading into our Sunday
1: schedule. Do they have college games on Friday? Uh, Normally they do.
0: Heck yeah, they got college Friday. Your your, your Green Wave is playing a huge game on Friday.
1: Oh, it's Friday? Yeah. Then then why is the NFL putting a game...
0: I don't know, but Friday they got TCU in Oklahoma, Iowa and Nebraska, Tulane in Texas, San Antonio, they're Missouri and Arkansas, uh, Penn State and Michigan State, Oregon and Oregon State. It's a huge game. Texas Tech and Tech. Yeah, they got a lot of college They're going to
1: compete with college?
0: But, but will they really compete, though? Who's watching the Jets, man? <laughs> no, I, what, I know what you're whatever saying. Whatever
1: game. Man, yeah, it's. it's um, well, people going to watch the Jets now making the, the quarterback change.
0: Watch old Tim Boyle throw some interceptions against the Dolphins. That's probably my lock of the week. Miami minus nine against the Jets. The Jets won't score at all uh, with with Tim Boyle. So yeah, I would go the the, the Dolphins heavy there. Um, in the SEC this week, Mississippi State has to win the Egg Bowl to beat to be bowl eligible. They're five and six. They have already fired their head coach. They got an interim guy. Lane um, is nine and two, trying to get into New Year's Six Bowl. That game also tends to get pretty crazy. Any chance Mississippi State scares Ole Miss? They are at home in the cowbell, uh, cowbell zone.
1: Should not. That no.
0: I, I I don't think so. I do think there's a slight chance Auburn scares Alabama a little. I don't think that Ole Miss will have problems. Will your Green Wave have some problems? They are playing a yeah pretty much a conference championship game, right? They're taking on Texas San Antonio. The winner of that game is going to finish the league undefeated. Um, I gotta tell you, dude, I look at common opponents. UTSA is beating the common opponents by more than what Tulane is. Uh UTSA beat FAU 36 to 10, Tulane beat them 24 to 8. UTSA beat East Carolina 41 to 27, Tulane beat them 13 to 10. They beat North Texas 37 to 29, Tulane beat them 35-28. Uh, Tulane beat Rice by two, 30 to 28. UTSA beat him 34 to 14. I know that's lazy, but if you just look at the common opponents, UTSA is winning the games more decisively than the Wave. Hopefully, and I say hopefully because I look at StubHub, there are tickets on sale for $4. Hopefully, the place is packed. Human Stadium gets rocking and rolling because, look, dude, we talk about Willie Fritz here a lot. If I'm Willie Fritz and I'm playing for my conference championship on a Friday on national TV when everybody's off, it's Black Friday, everybody's at home, and they have to give away my tickets, that would be something that would be like, well, you know what? Mississippi State might not be such a bad place because that would be disheartening if that stadium's not full and it's not yep, rocking agree, on Friday.
1: agree. And let's look at last year real quick. Tulane, there were – more of a buzz last year with Tulane's football team. Maybe because they haven't done it in a while, but it was more of a buzz than what they have this year. Same record, right? No, no. Tulane was. Uh,
0: they lost two last year, if I'm not mistaken. Hmm. Then they lose to Ole Miss and then uh, to like Southern Miss or something like
1: that? I, I think you're right.
0: Let's see. Last year, they, they were 11 but, and 2. They lost to Southern Miss and to Central Florida. And
1: more of a buzz last year than this year because. The way they're playing this year, they're just getting by. So that, that I would be very worried going into Friday's game. They're going to have to play much better to win this game on Friday. You, you can't just go through emotions and get by the way they've been doing it so far. Hopefully they uh, they can turn that around and, and, and get that victory and uh, be able to host a conference championship again.
0: You are a big uh, Tulane guy, and I was a kid when this happened, and you were not. Is Pratt better than Sean King? Willie Fritz said this week that Pratt's the best quarterback in school history. Ah, Sean King was really tough. Yeah,
1: could, Sean King can uh, run a little bit more than Pratt, but uh, I don't know. I just hope we get to see another year of him.
0: Mm, you might see another year of him. In a well, yeah, no, I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> Let's not even go there. Brian Kelly said, and I know we're up against the top of the hour, we'll wrap up here. Brian Kelly said yesterday, that the number one goal of his offseason just goes to show how crazy college athletics are. The number one goal of his offseason is not signing players, it's not getting players in the portal, it's keeping his own players out of the portal. Isn't that crazy? You got to recruit your whole team every single year. That is, That is. That
1: it is. that's what we're dealing with, but shouldn't have to do that.
0: It's, uh, We'll see if they're successful in that. They play Texas NM and Saturday at 11. Well, that's all for us today. We want to thank Gage Griffin for the time. We want to thank uh, Cornell Scott for the time. And we also want to thank you all for your time. You've been listening to Play by Play. We'll be back tomorrow. God bless. Love you guys.